Welcome to Behavioral Science for Brands. Today, we're talking skiing, school, and America's largest e-com player. I'm Michael Ann Flicker. And I'm Richard Shotton. And of course, we're talking about Amazon. And what's so interesting about Amazon is that they use behavioral science throughout the entire experience. We're going to uncover two major aspects of what Amazon does and how it's based on behavioral science principles to not just attract customers, but to keep them coming back and using it more. Let's get started. So we'd be remiss if we did not dive in and talk about Amazon. Obviously, plenty of podcasts talking about their dominance, about how revolutionary they are. But for us, there's really some interesting behavioral science principles being used to keep people engaged with the brand. And again, almost what's become a theme for you and I in these podcasts is we're not just talking about the advertising creative. We're not just talking about what's in market through words and visuals. We're actually talking about the product design itself, the brand itself, mm. and how if you design a brand that way, you can really have stickiness and engagement at a whole different level. So let's talk about two different elements of Amazon, one-click purchasing and Amazon Prime. Both of these are super fascinating elements of how Amazon has gotten to its dominance. So first, Richard, can you, just for those that may not know what we mean by one-click purchasing, can you give us like a little synopsis of what we even mean? So this was an early innovation from Amazon. And essentially it meant that people could purchase with fewer clicks, that they didn't have to keep on re-inputting their address and their credit card details. That could all be attached to the account. You could buy with a single click. It removed a small bit of friction from the purchasing journey, but it had an outsized effect. And Amazon innovated this first for e-commerce. And this was in their website experience. You would see a product on the page. It would say one-click purchase or buy now. Yeah. And it immediately brings you to the final page yeah. where you click purchase and you're done. Yeah. They took, they, this was so successful for them. They even created Amazon buttons. For those that remember, they were magnets that would go on your fridge. And if you wanted more bounty paper towel, you'd push the button, a physical button on your fridge, and it would immediately order more bounty paper towels for you. This idea of removing friction is kind of at the heart of what Amazon's all about. Yeah, absolutely. And again, from a behavioral science perspective, that is a really important area. The Richard Thaler, who won the Nobel Prize for Economics, when he is asked, what is the one thing that people should take from behavioral science? He says, easy, make it easy. Now, he keeps on coming back to this principle that you remove tiny bits of friction and you have a huge impact. Now, as ever, it's not enough just for this illustrious person to state that. It's got to be proved. And the study I thought might be of interest to the listeners is one from two American psychologists, Bergman and Rogers. So back in 2017, they worked with the Department of Education and they launched a new service for parents. And parents can sign up for this service, which will help them encourage their kids to work harder in one of three ways. First group of people are text information about the service, uh, told how amazing it is. And then if they want to sign up, they can click on a link it takes them through to a web page and they can fill a form in in about 60 seconds and then they're in, then they're enrolled. Got it. In that scenario, 1% of people sign up. So that's the kind of most difficult way to sign up. Not a very good response rate. Not a very good response rate. <laughs> and next group of people, they are texted exactly the same information, 
but they don't have such effort. There's no web form to fill in. All they have to do is text back the word start. So you've saved about 60 seconds of effort. In that scenario, you have an eightfold increase in sign-up rates. We're up to 8%. 8%. Final group, they push the ease even further, text another group of randomly selected parents, exactly the same information, but they say you are enrolled if you don't want to be. Text word stop. Opt out. And there you get 97% of people enrolling. So you have this 96 percentage point swing in behaviour based on the removal of what seem like fairly inconsequential bits of friction. So to begin with, backs up Thaler's point. If you make it easy, it'll have a huge effect. But the clever bit comes next. Bergen and Rogers then go and recruit experts in education. Like teachers. Teachers, school administrators, policymakers, people who know parents very well. Got it. They recruit this group, about 150 of them. They tell them about the experimental design and they get those experts to estimate sign-up rates in each group. Those experts know that friction will put people off. So they get the direction of change right, but they are wildly wrong in terms of the scale of the impact. So I think they estimate that 39% of people sign up in the standard variant, 44 in the simplified, 66 in the auto-enrolment. So they think there's going to be this 27 percentage point swing in behaviour, whereas in reality it's a 96 percentage point swing in behaviour. They massively underestimate the impact of these little barriers. It's fascinating. And there's a few things to take away from Mm. this. The first one is that there really is this big swing in the first study of actual behavior. But then the second one is that the experts really dramatically underestimate yes. it. Yes. And that's, um, Bowman Rogers ask you, argue that those experts are typical. You know, this isn't something that just affects educational policymakers. Business after business makes a mistake. They assume that the way to change people's behavior is to motivate them to want to change. And they underestimate the importance of getting rid of little barriers. Now, if that's the case in marketing, what it suggests is a lot of people will be misallocating budgets. They'll be putting too high a proportion in persuasion and too small a proportion in making the customer journey as easy and simple as possible. So the big takeout here is realign your budgets. Put more effort into making purchasing easy and you are likely to see outsized effects. And the real insight tying it back to Amazon was that they had early on identified removing that friction will lead to bigger business outcomes. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. 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 And interestingly, I don't know the data. I don't know if you do. Amazon did not have major ad campaigns when they first started. Uh, We can look this up and get back to the listeners here, but really it's about having the best customer experience as possible. And that's where they put all their innovation and time when they build yeah, the brand. They're, they're a rare example, of, I think, of someone having an accurate view of human behavior, you know, putting far more emphasis in the removal of friction than, than most brands do. Speaking of reducing friction yeah. and ease, last night we had the pleasure of going out to dinner and we're at what I would say is a pretty chic and stylish Soho restaurant. The name of it? Bob Bob Ricard. Bob Ricard. And when we're there, there's a feature in this restaurant that has taken removing friction in the dining experience to the highest level. Yeah, it's a lovely example. And I think it's an example of applying these principles laterally. So you sit down at a table and every table has a brass plaque. And on that plaque, there is a little button that says press for champagne. Now, 
They claim that this unleashes pent-up demand. They claim that they are the biggest seller of champagne in the whole of the UK. Sell so far more champagne than any other restaurant. And this is not the largest restaurant no, no, by no, no, any no, no. I mean, stretch it's a, of the imagination. It's a reasonably signed restaurant, but it's not certainly not the biggest. But to me, it's a wonderful example of you know, most restaurants think they've already made champagne ordering as easy as possible. But there are hidden bits of friction. You know, if you're with a friend, you don't want to stop your conversation and wave at the waiter. The button gets around that. You know, maybe some people are embarrassed about not being seen when they're waving their arm about. You know, that's a bit of friction. What that button does so brilliantly is remove even those tiny bits of friction and it releases that demand. And when we were doing it last yeah, night, yeah. we all took a turn yeah. pushing the button. There's also an element of novelty and yeah. fun in pushing it, but that doesn't take away from the ease that we're introducing of the reduction. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I think any real-world example of a behavioural science principle being applied, it's not a scientific scientific experiment. experiment. There'll be multiple factors at play, and I think you're right. Novelty, salience, you can't sit down at that table without at least considering whether you have a glass of champagne or not. Take them at their word, but our waiter last night said 95% of people push the button. Having been there, I can believe that, yeah. (laughs) And to make the point of just how important removing friction is, the data from Amazon shows that 28% of all Amazon purchases happen in under three minutes, 50% happen in under 15 minutes. It just shows you how tight every Mm. second of the customer journey is from the moment they hit Amazon's website to the moment of checkout. So every ounce of friction we can remove is going to make it that much easier to make a purchase. So let's take a break, hear from our sponsors, and we're going to come back and we're going to dive deep into another element of Amazon, Amazon Prime. Behavioral Science for Brands is brought to you today by Function Growth. Function Growth is a team of brand side marketers who snap in to help brand teams grow their business. Function Growth leverages a shared risk and reward model that puts skin in the game that means they only make money when your brand grows. They leverage behavioral science as a key way to drive brand growth with deep disciplines in many different areas. Reach out to them if you'd like to be leveraging behavioral science in your marketing or advertising. Visit them at functiongrowth.co. So we're going into Amazon Prime, but always a fun question. Last thing you bought on Amazon Prime? 400 Earl Grey tea bags. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and for me, a dozen kids' toothbrushes. Six for Max, six for Nina. Yeah. A lot of... Never lo- too many. No, never never yeah. enough uh, uh, little kid toothbrushes. So Amazon Prime, another early yeah. element that Amazon introduces is a membership for those that don't know what it is. And you pay a membership fee to get quicker shipping, and less costly shipping. Originally debuted, I believe, at $79.99 in America. Today, it costs between $120 and $140 a year to be a member of the service. This is interesting. You're going to become a member of Amazon Prime, and you're going to get faster, cheaper shipping. What's going on here, Richard? Why, Why is this an important element for them? So it's an important element because there is an idea in behavioral science called sunk costs. And it's essentially that once people have spent an element of money, their behavior afterwards becomes illogical. They try and recoup that money, even if there was a better alternative. So if that that sounds a bit 
vague. I'll give you a, uh, an example study. There's a lovely study, early 80s, by Hal Arcs, a higher university. And it is a thought experiment, but I think it proves the point nicely. He recruits a group of people and says, look, imagine you buy a skiing holiday for $100 and you're going to have a quite a good time on it. And then later on, you see an even better skier holiday for $50 uh, and you buy that as well. And then later on, you realise, unfortunately, they're both on the same weekend. And he says, you've spent the money, you can't get it back. It's just which one you go on. And he asks his people to pick. So basically, people have got to decide whether they go on the quite good holiday for $100 or the really good holiday for $50. Now, that should, if we are rational calculating machines, be a very simple choice. Go on the better holiday, go on the one you can enjoy more. Right, of course. But the majority of people pick the other one. 54% of people pick the more expensive but less good holiday. And Arx's argument is this is the sunk cost effect. Once we have spent money, we hate the idea of wasting it. So we try and use that money, even if there is a better alternative out there. So once you've spent money on Amazon Prime, in a kind of hypothetical scenario, let's say you could buy the same book for cheaper elsewhere and it would get you quicker. Many people would still use Prime because they think uh, they don't want to waste that previous investment. And they reinforce it with every purchase. They strike through the cost of shipping. They show you your savings. And so it's like a virtuous circle. I've invested the money and then they keep telling me how much money I'm saving. I don't know if I added up all my savings, <laughs> yeah. if I would have even paid yeah. for it. I didn't know they did that. And there is a lovely study by Pri Ragubir, who I think is at NYU. They do it in America. Okay, okay. What she does is she shows people a picture of a pearl bracelet, sometimes on its own, sometimes to other people. They see it as a, as a free gift with a fancy bottle of brandy or something. And when she asks people how good value they think that bracelet is, the people who saw it, as a free gift, think it's worth about 35% less than the people who saw it as a standalone item. What she argues is if you give something away for free, people tend to, to not appreciate it. Discount yeah, value. Exactly, exactly. But what she shows in a follow-up study is if you put the RRP, you get rid of that negative effect. So what I think Amazon's doing cleverly in America is making sure people don't take the free shipping for granted. If you keep on referencing, it was X, but you're paying nothing, Amazon get the benefit from that. Amazing. Amazing. And you know, there's another element that seems to be at play to me here, which is you're also badging or branding with the company. We were talking last night about REI, which yes. is an American company that when you become part of their loyalty program, you actually become a shareholder in the company. Their corporate structure allows everybody to own a piece of REI. Yeah. How, how does sunk cost and what's going on with Amazon play into that? I would say it's exactly the same principle being applied in a slightly different way. And I love that REI example because you know, lots of people might think, well, you know, I don't have the breadth of services Amazon offers. So I can't do this, you know, paid for shipping Ship approach. But think of REI. Yeah, you just apply the same principle with a bit of a twist that fits your brand. So same principle can be applied in lots of different ways. Pretty much any brand can take that concept and benefit from it. So to make the point of just how effective this sunk cost insight is, Amazon publishes data on Prime versus non-Prime members. Prime members spend an average of $1,400 a year on the platform. Pretty high number. 
non-prime members spend $600 a year on the platform. Same groups of Americans, same shopping habits. Once I'm a member, I spend over 2x the amount on the platform. Pretty amazing results. Yeah, I mean, most brands, they would be happy with the $600 figure, <laughs> but still, yeah, doubling. Yeah, amazing. That's the power of the An amazing, yeah. amazing, amazing outcome. So let's bring it home for everybody, Richard. Mm. The most important things for marketers to take away from this talk. First thing, three words, make it easy. Removing friction will have a bigger than expected effect. So realign your budgets and put more time, money, and effort into removing those small barriers. And then the second thing is this idea of sunk costs. If you can get your customer to make a commitment to your brand, maybe a financial investment, paying for a service like a, or a membership, they will use your service more than logic alone would suggest. Amazing. So that brings us to the end of the episode. If you enjoyed today, please give us a good rating. Please give us a review and be sure to come back for our next episode. We have a lot more in store in upcoming episodes. I'm Michael Aaron Flicker. And I'm Richard Shotton. And uh, Richard, on our outro today, one click button. What would you have delivered? Ooh, uh, a pile of knobbly bobbly ice creams. <laughs> <laughs> Check out our ice cream podcast to learn all about knobbly bobblies. And let's see, what would I have delivered? Milk's favorite cookie, Oreo. Very nice.